0: Eagle Brand Cigarettes, the mildest, smoothest brand of smoking tobacco in the land, brings you. Hidden Harbor Mysteries. Tonight's story takes us to the mysterious city of Hidden Harbor. It is a time of war and hardship for millions of Americans, many of whom live in a city of lies and corruption. But there are those who will fight for truth and justice in this hard, broken city, including a sassy apparition who, having saved the day for a family of three running the insidious gauntlet of Luddit's neighborhood watch, finds herself in the clutches of its leader, a lecherous limey by the name of Michael McBrien. We'll join our story again in a moment, but first... Friends, are you concerned about smoker's choke? It's that burning, choking feeling in the back of your throat you get from smoking cheap, no-brand cigarettes. Well, friends, try Eagle cigarettes for their smooth, smoky taste and refreshing zip of energy with no burn and no smoker's choke. Nine out of ten doctors interviewed say Eagle Cigarettes are the safest, smoothest, and most satisfying brand they've ever tasted. Eagle Brand is proud to bring you tonight's chapter of Hidden Harbor Mysteries entitled, Death Gives to Charity.
1: Did you forget about me? What? What? fragile little doll, aren't ye? Where do I know you from? Did you used to work for me, love? Did you spread for me at one time? Is that why you come mucking about in my business?
2: As I said, I appear only as you want me to appear, not as I am. But I see you very clearly, Michael McBrien too big thug for the Cardigan gang. Murderer of men.
1: Ravager of women. You know a bit too much for your own good. You may have gotten the drop on my boys. Even on my enforcer, Mr. Spiddle. But now, I've got you. Oh. Oh. Yes. Oh.
2: <laughs> you are going to regret this,
1: Michael. Oh, no, dear. You are going to hurt very much. Good girl, now that I have you where I want you, let's talk about punishment.
2: Just tell me
1: one thing, Michael. Please. Sure, love. What is it?
2: How exactly are you going to explain to your boys why you're trying to ravage your second-in-command? What? Look around you, Michael. Your men are confused.
1: <gasps> oh, my God. Mr. Spittle, how did you get there? Explain it
2: all to them, you lecherous cur. Explain why you're on top of his helpless body, forced between his legs with your lips on what his. What the hell
1: are you doing, boss? D- don't just stand there all slack-jawed, you elf. Shoot the witch. What are you talking about? Eh? What witch? <laughs> I
2: am a spirit. You cannot touch me unless I wish it. You cannot see me unless I wish it. (laughs) You're about to come to a bad end, Michael McBrian. I wouldn't want to be where you are when your large enforcer wakes. He's a pound of flesh kind of man.
1: Isn't he? <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, no. I, I can explain. I can. Well, Mr. Skiddle <laughs> will need a little more explaining than that,
0: boss. <laughs> <laughs> Soon, across town, a slender figure slips unnoticed into the skylight of a Hidden Harbor Art Museum in Midtown. Through a dusty attic cluttered with sealed crates and sheet-covered statues, the figure glides down a flight of stairs, hidden by a cleverly disguised doorway behind a rolling antique mirror. Soon the figure emerges into an unremarkable hallway, leading to an unremarkable office at its end. Not a ghost, not a shade or a spirit, but Barbara Wilson, wealthy young heiress and head of the Goats Art Museum, Of Hidden Harbor.
2: Anyone home? Barbara, welcome home. Hello, Cat, dear. Sorry I'm late. Talk to me while I get ready for the fundraiser downstairs. Oh, I admire your choice in gowns, Cat. I only picked what I'd like to see you in, Miss Wilson. Sorry.
3: I'm glad you like it. Did you find out where Horace Mule was hiding out?
2: Yes. I sent a little note to our friend, Detective Hart. I had to stop on my way back to keep the neighborhood watch from doing a number on a couple of -of out-of-towners. I'm afraid that if I was just a rumor on the lips of drunken thugs before tonight, this was my coming-out party. (laughs) That's swell. Think your name will be in the papers? No, but it will be on the lips of every gang lieutenant in Luddit. Tomorrow it will be all over Hidden Harbor... This would be so much easier if I could just make everyone see me as I liked. Yes, but there will
3: be photographers downstairs, and you don't want 60 people seeing 60 different gowns and hairstyles.
2: Thank you, Kat. I was just writing a wish. Almost ready. Covering up a bruise. I love the concealer Casper and Krieg worked up for me. Were you hurt tonight, Miss Wilson? Oh, not if McBrien's men laid a hand on me. But I misjudged a fire escape railing, and it bit me right on the shoulder blade. Oh, shoot. Well, I'll just have to make everyone believe it isn't there. Good thing
3: Casper's working on some new gear for you. He's got some things to show you in his lab downstairs. Oh, well, I'm glad he's earning his keep again. He showed me designs for a... well, he called it a suit. It looks more like armor. It's kind of vulgar. Oh, I can't wait to see it then. What other items do
2: you have for me, Cat? You have three messages from various charitable committees. I trust you can handle those, or forward them to the appropriate member of the Foundation for consideration.
3: And you have calls from Mr. Foster regarding the fundraiser tonight. Which I imagine must be in full swing by now. The last message reflects his somewhat dramatic protests at having to go alone once again. I'll handle Mr. Foster when I make my
2: appearance. How do I look? You can read my mind, you tell me. Shocking, Miss Sparrow, and unladylike in the extreme.
3: (laughs) Message received, then. One moment. Oh,
2: it's all right, dear. Come in, Casper.
4: Evening, Miss Wilson. Cat.
2: How's my favorite mechanical genius this evening?
4: I hear you're working hard. Like a moloch in his cave, Miss Wilson.
2: I need you to sign
3: these invoices and requisitions, two letters as well.
4: Thank you, Cat.
2: You can say what's on your mind, Casper. What's that? That my gown is a little too lace and billowy for your tastes.
4: Well, since you said it, there's hardly any need for me to repeat it. I expected a more Lauren Bacall, a torch song number in satin. You know, to distract from your late arrival. Ah, but I know as much about fashion as you know about engineering.
2: (laughs) Yes, in those cases, we each know just what we like. Oh, speaking of, Cat tells me you have some new clothes for me. They don't have high heels, do
4: they? No. I have the plans downstairs for after champagne and posh posh time is over.
3: It's a charitable event, Casper. If you owned a suit, you could attend.
4: Yes, I'd fit right in with that crowd, Cat. Oh, dear Cat, you're addressing a man
2: who refers to his costume ideas as plans. I think you're slabbing granite trying to get through... You're always welcome, Casper. You need to master your self-doubt. You're a handsome man and a worthy catch to many of
4: the young moneyed ladies of Hidden Harbor. So you want me to be a kept man, then? How is that any different from being in your situation?
2: You've got a new name. Enjoy the life that goes with it. Oh. Cat, Monday morning, ring up Friars to send over a tailor for our Mr. Dixon. You never know when I may need you in a tuxedo.
4: Well, I hope that day never comes, ma'am. <laughs> I take that
2: statement as a challenge, Casper. I'll see you and Dr. Krieg in your lab tomorrow morning, say, nine?
4: Lovely. I'll set out some tea and biscuits and have a string quartet in our chemical closet.
2: Sounds divine. Oh, that's the last of the paperwork. I noticed that the Cold Stone artifacts are not on the list.
3: Correct. The owners would like you to call on them before they agree to donate them to the collection.
2: Uh, make a note to ask me about this later. How much later? A day after Casper wears his new tux in public.
0: (laughs) Two stories below, in the old stone chambers of the Goat's Art Museum, some of Hidden Harbor's wealthiest and most influential citizens are gathered as guests of the Harbor House Orphanage Charity Event, an event hosted by Barbara Wilson each year to ensure the lost boys of Hidden Harbor have hope for a brighter future. Among the glitterati are city councilmen, ministers, pastors, and businessmen, great and small. Keeping it all together and running like clockwork is Barbara's friend and companion, Edwin Foster, the handsome young heir to the Foster chemical fortune. Thank you
5: so much for coming, Mrs. Havisham. How is Mr. Havisham these days?
0: He
2: is still under the weather, I'm afraid. His travels to the south of America have left him exhausted. But he sends his regards to Miss Wilson. By the way, where is that lovely girl?
5: Oh, you know how it is for a woman in business. She has to work twice as hard just to keep pace with the captains of industry.
2: Well, she should settle down with a nice young man and let him do all that work for her. Don't you agree, Mr. Foster?
5: I certainly do, Mrs. Havisham. If only I could keep her attention for more than a few moments, I might pass that advice along.
2: Oh, Edwin, you know if I stopped for a moment, the money would just dry up, and where would that leave the children of Harbour House? Or us? Hello, Mrs. Havisham. So good to see you again. Barbara, you look lovely, dear.
5: Yes, it is so good to see you. Finally, Barbara...
2: This city needs a lot of work, and there are fewer and fewer of us who care to do that work, I'm afraid. Father Nelson and the boys of Harbour House appreciate your support, Mrs. Havisham, as do I. I hope I can have you and Edgar to the house again one day. I'm frightened by the future those boys have, Barbara. With this war grinding on, what future do they have but putting on a uniform and heading off to that charnel house of a war in Germany? I simply believe we must work to end that war, and find a way to crush communism forever. I hope we can bring our boys home soon. Seven years at war is seven years too long.
5: We'll crush the Reds, Mrs. Havisham. Just you wait. With the help of our German scientists... Do excuse me, Barbara.
2: I must say hello to Basil Hinton before he dives into the gin again. See you in a while, dearest. Is it me, or is the crowd smaller than last time?
5: The mayor declined this time, saying there were pressing matters at City Hall. He sent that ferret of a deputy. He's been fondling the help and feeding himself sandwiches and champagne for the last hour.
2: These things always give me a headache.
5: How do you think I feel? I feel like the host in this at pont Oh,
2: stop it, Edwin. You love the attention. Come with me and let's say hello to some old friends and... Something's not right.
5: What is it, Barbara? The servers aren't from honorees. No, these are replacement caterers from Julian's. Henri's was closed by the health department this morning. They
2: aren't servers. They what? Get upstairs right now and call Chief Grayson. Do it quietly and do it now.
5: Why? I... All right, my dear. Amelia, may I have a word with you in the back?
0: Slowly mingling with the guests of the party, Barbara Wilson keeps a keen eye on the men and women serving food and drink. They circle the room with cold, distant expressions, robotically halting with each guest's request, casting glances around the room carefully, but always in the direction of a small man in a tuxedo holding a glass of wine near the entrance to the art gallery. Creeping into the thoughts and feelings of her guests, Barbara quickly ascertains there is a threat to her guests. Quickly, but carefully, she moves to greet the center of her concern. As she approaches, Barbara is shocked to realize she cannot see into his mind or feel any emotion from him whatsoever.
2: Good evening, sir. Welcome to the Getz Museum. I don't believe we've met. I'm Barbara Wilson, owner of the gallery and head of the... Yes,
6: head of the museum board of trustees. You are lovelier in person than in the newspapers.
2: Thank you, Mr...
6: Rathborn. Heath Rathborn. I know you very well. I'm an alumnus of the Harbour House School, which you and your father financed all these years.
2: Why, that's wonderful. It is good to have you here, Heath.
6: Now that you've arrived, Barbara, I want to share with you personally what Harbor House means to me and my colleagues. Gentlemen, the word is given.
2: Put those guns away. This
6: instant, what do you think you're doing? We're collecting for the Harbor House, my dear. Hello, everyone. If you would be so kind as to keep calm, this part of the evening will go by quickly. As the men and women who served you this evening come by, please deposit all valuables into their collection bags.
1: Well, I never... Now see here, how dare you terrorize these people? I am the deputy mayor of Hidden Harbor, and I demand you surrender yourselves at once. Please, calm down, Mr. Paulson. These men are armed. Shut your mouth. This is your function, and I'll deal with
6: your carelessness later. As for you, you little weasel, tell your little thugs to drop their weapons before there's more trouble. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Deputy Mayor is right. It is very rude of us to come here waving our guns around, which is why we are conducting ourselves politely and professionally to assure you that we are not madmen. However, I cannot tolerate irrational men who are out of their depth. No! Don't!
0: Caught among the hostages, how will Barbara turn the tables on this gang of callous crooks? Will she reveal her secret of supernatural power in front of Hidden Harbor's elite citizenry? Who is this mysterious man called Heath Wrathborn? And why is Ghost unable to read his thoughts? Tune in tomorrow as Eagle Cigarettes brings you another chapter of... Hidden Harbor Mysteries.
5: Hidden Harbor Mysteries, Chapter 2 Death Gives to Charity. Was written by Jay Smith and produced by Brian Lincoln. With Dave Robison as the narrator. Veronica Jaguer as Barbara Wilson. Rish Outfield as Michael McBrien and the Deputy Mayor. Laura Nicole as Cat Sparrow. James Baxter Patton as Casper Dixon. Johnny Feisty as Foster. Lauren Harris as Mrs. Havisham. Pat Crane as Heath Rathborn. And Brian Humphrey as a thug. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons Attribution, No Derivatives, 4.0 license. Closing music is Here We Go Again for the First Time by Juicy and Jim. Visit our website at hiddenharbormysteries.com. This has been a Brian Lincoln production.